Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-soda where we dig into the things that we've been just ver- verifying watching recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this week, we're chatting an adorable fable, superheroes, a surprisingly good video game adaptation, and heavy breathing the movie. <laughs> yeah. Heavy breathing the movie. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly it. Oh my god! Oh boy! That liquid death be bubbling up in my throat. I just have regular water today, unfortunately. Boring. I know. <laughs> I got my 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 case of it. Man, truly incredible being able to pull cold liquid death out of my fridge. Liquid death sponsor me. I will put a mini fridge under my desk. Seriously. For solely liquid death. We will sell out our souls for liquid death. That's all I want. I don't care about mattresses. I don't care about anything else. I want this liquid death to sponsor the podcast. Literally all I talk about is this fucking drink. Every episode. I'm just like. I mean, it's so good, though. (laughs) Product placement. (laughs) Okay, my addiction to seltzer water aside, what is this adorable (laughs) fable that you watched? Okay, so friends of the show... And former guests of the show and the animator of our intro video on YouTube. You should be watching our videos on YouTube right now. Eric Power and Andreas Peterson. They have a new movie that is premiering two days before this episode comes out at the main international film festival. And it's online. And I believe if you are listening to this on Friday or maybe Saturday... Um, I think it's available for four days, so you can go out and rent this right now through Eventbrite. We can include that information in our show notes, too. Um, But they have a new film 
Um, they did, of course, Attack of the Demons, which we both really loved. And that's for the reason why they came on our show back in, gosh, when we first started, December of, what, 19? Yeah, because I was still living in my old apartment. Yeah. And it was the one episode where we mistakenly thought, let's tackle two movies in one episode. Great conversation, but not the best idea. No, just never again. Like, and no offense, <laughs> we love the episode. It was just, that's a lot of, that's a lot of. It was a lot. To, that's a lot of talking. And I don't like talking that much. <laughs> I don't like talking. To she even, says as she records a podcast. I, like, I say that and it's like, all I do is talk and record myself talking. And it's like, that's all I talk. Like, I save up the whole day for this. <laughs> All the words come out. That's a bullface <laughs> lie. I talk Steve's ears off constantly. So <laughs> I can take okay. multitudes or whatever the fuck. Anywho. <laughs> uh, so their new movie, it's not it's not horror, although there are some tinges of suspenseful moments in it. But it's called When You Get to the Forest. And it is about a young woman who um, has kind of like packed up her life in her in her car and decides that she wants to go back to this forest that she had visited when she was a kid. And when she gets there, she ends up falling down kind of like a, a cliff, bumps her head and wakes up and then can't find her way out of the forest. She meets a cat that talks and <laughs> she basically spends kind of pretty much a year um, through the seasons in this forest. Um, kind of finding herself and understanding her life while also uh, tending to this cat that's also tending to her while also seeing some weird creatures in the forest, like this big, tall tree kind of creature that the cat calls the big and these like really adorable, but kind of creepy animals that look like a cross between, I would say, the beta version of the kind of robot dinosaurs in Horizon meets like... Deer, okay. sort of weird little. We, it, there's a lot of weirdness in it, um, but it, it's basically just this very. I'm gonna use this word, and I don't mean it pejoratively, but very twee. It reminds me the feeling that I get watching this movie reminded me of playing like strange. What Stardew is that Valley? game called? Stardew no, what Valley? is that? No, no, stranger. Is it stranger than life? Is that what it's called? Life is strange. Life is strange. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, the life is strange games. That sort of like yeah. mix of dare I say hipster type music with like that sort of like ennui, that wistful melancholy okay. that I think those games like really do well um, selling. This feels like it gave me the same feeling. It's more of a mood piece than it is a straightforward narrative. There's not a whole lot of story going on, but it just gave me like this feeling of like wistful melancholy as I was watching it. Does it have Dimland vibe? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It actually does. Yeah. Because that, okay. Because that was the less that creepy. Movie. Okay. More like nature is healing kind huh? of. Just, and okay. it, let me be honest, Eric Powers' animation has just like increased so much from when he did Attack of the Demons. Like, I'm so excited to see because his style is fucking incredible. Like, mm -hmm. I can't even like comprehend the work that he is doing with construction right. paper and building these worlds with that and doing how it does gore and stuff. Because, like, if you haven't, if listeners, if you haven't watched, um, Attack of the Demons, which I think you should, or if you haven't watched our intro video, which I think you should, his art style is sort of, I mean, it, it's in the same, the only thing I can compare it to is South Park, but it's nowhere near as crude as South Park in terms of the animation style, but it's papercraft. It's papercraft animation, um, but his, his art and his ability to create things that are obviously paper, but just evoke 
reality is is quite stunning. And I I think he's like operating on a whole nother level in this in this movie than he did with um, Attack of the Demons. And I just love seeing his personal growth as a as an animator. Um, and the story is just it, it just it just gave me such like emotional feelings watching it. Like I just I really I really dug it. The music is great. It's just yeah, it's it's just a really wholesome type of movie and it was unexpected and I would really recommend going out and renting it through Eventbrite because I I really dug it. I still need to watch it. I'm very excited though. Yeah, I they're really recommend people, it. They're incredible people. So. Yeah, and they're just very nice they're just people. Good. They're just good eggs. They're good folk. They're good, they're good folk. Glad to know yeah. them. You yeah, know. me too. I'm glad <laughs> to have met them. Okay, transitioning quite strongly from what I understand, uh, let's talk about superheroes. Superheroes. So I am finally watching season three of The Boys. Okay. No spoilers. Have you watched the show? I've watched the first two seasons. Okay. Um, I binged and I want to binge. So I was waiting until... All the episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I know a little bit. We're not caught up all the way to everything. We just... I literally, like, 10 minutes before we recorded, we watched an episode. I fucking love the show. Like... Mm-hmm. I won't give too much away. Um, if people people who haven't seen it, the boys is basically Marvel, but what if the superheroes were huge pieces of shit? And it's a much it's a much bigger commentary on like the industry behind the superheroes, right. how they are commercialized. Like mm-hmm. it's very much what superheroes would be like if they were actually, if this was the way society was. It's not idealized, like, oh, cool, they're saving the world. It's more just like, they're kind of saving the world, but they're actually capitalist, humongous capitalist cogs. But they're selling all these toys. Yep. (laughs) So it's dark. And then we have the boys, who are a group of people organized around Billy Butcher, played by Carl Urban, who I'm obsessed with. And they basically are trying to fight back against the seven who are the main, the seven main big heroes with Homelander at the head, who is like a Captain America, but like deranged. And so this season is just like continuing that stuff. And boy, oh boy, this show is so fucking weird. Like, the first episode, <laughs> something so goddamn outrageous happens. Are I, we like, talking about the exploding penis? Yes, I am, in fact, talking about the exploding penis. Like, that's the fir- that's the premiere, like, the, the season premiere. That's literally the only thing that's been spoiled for me. Yeah, good, because there's a lot of shit that's happening, and I'm on, I just finished episode four, and it's just like, Jesus, like, there's a lot happening. But it's so well done it's so ridiculous but i mean damn if that show is not incredible and homelander is this i will go out on a limb and say homelander is one of the scariest villains i have seen in mm-hmm. television if not like all media like he is one of the and this season especially like he is unhinged like, mm-hmm. already but it's just he is terrifying and anthony Starr, who plays him if i ever see that man in public i will cross the street and run away <laughs> like i know you're i you are not like that but jesus christ i cannot look that man at that man like terrifying he's too good at it it scares the shit out mm-hmm. of me <laughs> oh my god he's insane but i absolutely love the show i mean like it's disgusting good. it's ridiculous but it's like this is what gets me into superheroes like i like this darker gross side to the whole situation like to the whole like what the complex and like what that whole 
like what society would look like. Yeah, so season three is really good so far. I mean, started out with a bang and has just kept going. And they they did a couple things I didn't expect in terms of character development that made me really happy because I thought, oh Jesus Christ, it's going to be the whole season, and they like changed trajectory very quickly, and I was very excited. I'm like, oh cool, okay, then great. My concerns have been erased. Like it's <laughs> episode two or three, so. And uh, it's unfortunately a little bit relevant to today's mm. era with the radicalization of the alt-right. So just be prepared mm-hmm. for that as well. <laughs> Cause, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, have you gone to the Herogasm episode? Which episode is that? I don't know if I have. It's like an orgy. Oh, no, I have not gotten to an orgy okay. yet. I think. I think that's what it is. I, I think it's like the all the superheroes where coming together go- and fucking... Okay, I just saw a scene where Kimiko kills somebody with a vibrator. Wow. I give you no context other than she kills someone with a vibrator, and then she fights with dildos. It's incredible. It's incredible. Giving me a little bit um, everything everywhere all at once vibes right That with that. A, a, a little bit, yeah. Okay, I can't, I can't wait to watch it. I need to wait for... <laughs> festival season to maybe slow down a bit it's like what's but, it's like what i watch with steve when we eat, like, eat dinner and stuff to give me something fun to watch because i'm not writing mm-hmm. about the boys because i i'm trying to give myself things i don't write i actively don't write about it's so important is, it, it is like i need it so badly because i just we write about so much of the stuff we watch it's like i need to have that so i have something i can actually just enjoy and not like think critically about in any yeah. important way so that that happened with me saturday because um i rewatched. speaking of which everything everywhere all at once i rewatched wow. it saturday night um because my roommate cast had never se- hadn't seen it yet so yeah. i watched him and she was out of town and i was like i really want to rewatch it and she, i was like do you want to watch it she's like sure and i had my laptop in my lap and I'm like what am i doing i am not writing about this but it's just it's a t- it's typical like i'll be watching a movie and i'll have my laptop in my lap to take notes constantly uh, so it's important to have those that stuff that you can just enjoy to enjoy. Exactly. And like not trying to form some kind of thesis statement. And it also helps, I think, I will say that I have the job I have, which I'm very thankful for. I don't have to be pitching because um, I haven't done a lot of freelance. And like that is a, a right. massive privilege on my part. So I am definitely grateful for that for right now. Because um, Jesus. Yeah. That grind is real. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> off of my... <laughs> Moving to something I bought, uh, I think we both watched for work. <laughs> what is this video game adaptation? Okay, y'all, I was not prepared for how much I enjoyed Resident Evil, the new show on Netflix. Me uh, I went into neither. it. I went into it with very low expectations because I'll be honest, I have seen all the Resident Evil movies. I enjoy a lot of them, but I don't consider them to be Resident Evil. Exactly, though. They're they are their own brand of something. I love them. I love these movies, mm-hmm. but they like are very much like a different universe. Like it's mm-hmm. it's got like a whisper of Resident Evil: The Games. But. Yeah, and I so and even the movie. Because did you ever see Welcome to Wreck City from last year? No. Again, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't great. It just well, that was cool. Was trying to like do too much. Correcting, like trying to be like all of the game lore, and everyone's like, "What in the fuck are you talking about?" Well, and it took first game, second game, 
smushed them together. together. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just way too much to happen in a 90-minute movie. Yeah. Uh, so... I, so I went into this with very, very low expectations because I'll be perfectly honest, the two timelines, the new Raccoon City, I'm like, oh, what are we doing here? But the story is, is that Albert Wesker from the video games, uh, played by Lance, Lance Reddick, Reddick? Reddick. Lance Reddick. Wow. Has uprooted him and his uh, two twin girls. Um, are they technically twins? They are twins, yeah. Okay, because they're from different mothers, I know. But um, yeah, but it's what? Yeah, they're, they're twins, ostensibly. Yeah. Move to New Raccoon City, which is like if you take Edward Scissorhands, uh, Conformityville, stripped it of any sort of color, and put surveillance cameras in it, you would have something resembling New Raccoon City that's owned by Umbrella. He works for Umbrella. Surprise, surprise. Um, so it follows them in 2022 as the twins are, are kids. And then 14 years later, um, where Jade, one of the, the twins, is a scientist and trying to figure out how to coexist with the zombies that they call Zero that happened and an outbreak that happened in New Raccoon City when they were kids. And so it, the storyline flips back and forth between the two of them. Um I have thoughts on that story, on that, on the, that, that kind of structure, but um, I'm curious what you thought about this, Mary Beth, because I know you saw it a while ago before. Yeah, I saw it a while ago and I was, I'm excited. It's, it's one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm like, I think this is really good, but I'm very curious what everyone else is going to say. And mm-hmm. we're recording this on a Tuesday. The embargo just broke and people are mm-hmm. already tweeting really positive reactions. And I'm so happy. I'm like, OK, cool. Like, because, you know, sometimes you're like, hey, am I a correct judge of this? So mm-hmm. surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Because, I mean, like, Resident Evil movies have a special place in my heart. I didn't see Raccoon City, but I was like, they're, I mean, they could really just drop the ball. But I think they struck this really incredible balance between things for diehard Resident Evil fans and people who aren't familiar without compromising anything. It's like really, and I think that's why Resident Evil lends itself so well to the show format, because you have a little bit more time to kind of iron out that context and Mm -hmm. strike a better balance. I think with movies, if you have such a truncated timeline, it's harder to kind of figure out what you want to do. So I agree. There the split timeline, I really did prefer the new Raccoon City when the girls were Same. younger. I think that had much more... The pacing was better for that. It was much more interesting to me. And I liked seeing the pre-T-Virus uh, breakout. I thought like that... And like it's more of like a conspiracy story about unraveling what's going on. And it's really, really, really fascinating. And it goes to really, really weird places. And again, like... The, f- the future stuff isn't terrible, but it, it feels a little bit sillier, I think. I think it's a little bit more tropey because yeah, it, it's, it's, it's hitting like all of the kind of post-apocalyptic kind of notes that you see, like people that are hiding bitten people that they know are going to turn uh, the kind of evil cult that seems like it's pulled from The Walking Dead. The like it just I 
the 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 fortresses that are built in the the way I, I don't know it just it's hitting like everything that we've seen before in terms of post apocalypticism if that's even a word there's um, a there's a part in one of the earlier episodes that involves like a cult that I wish they had done more with because that was the vibe I really liked and it kind of gave mm-hmm. me Resident Evil four vibes have you played Resident mm. Evil four is it four or three oh, yeah it's four the the South American weird shit yeah. Love that game. Yeah. <laughs> and that vibe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we're leaning into Resident Evil 4 vibes here. And then mm-hmm. it, it went away, which made me a little bit sad. But because like, I like that stuff that was like a little bit more off the beaten path and a little bit more Resident Evil-y. No, I was like, it wasn't bad. It's just like not as not as even. It's hard not to compare the two because you have them. It's hard not to pick a favorite, I feel like. Right. The only the only thing that I would say in in the like positive corner for the the future events is that if you didn't have it, I think a lot of people would be saying this isn't Resident Evil because the only, I mean, without spoiling True. too much, it it's it's the kind of pre outbreak type stuff. So there's not a whole lot of monsters in the past stuff. Whereas like yeah, the future stuff allows them to like throw liquors at at the screen and throw giant spiders and throw like a bunch of zombies and stuff that um the the kind of past storyline isn't able to touch on because it's sort of the events leading up to so in that in that regard I do appreciate it because otherwise I think if people just had that past stuff it'd be like where's my liquors? Where's my T virus? Where's my, you know, tyrant? Where's my this? Where's my that? Because they don't obviously get to see that. Yeah, no, that's, and I agree with that. And I think they use, they use the timeline, the, the inner, like the two timelines really well to build tension and kind of leave you, mm-hmm. like this show is going to be so easily bingeable because they really do oh. a good job of like, oh God, I need to fucking know what happens next. Like they really do build that tension really well with both storylines mm-hmm. and like kind of establishing like these interesting kind of questions of who is who and who is where and what is happening. And I, I think they do work well together. I don't think necessarily they would have worked separately and they do work mm-hmm. well together. I just think one of them is better paced than the other one. Right. But regardless, fucking rules. So mm-hmm. shocked. <laughs> Sorry so shocked. we doubted you, but I mean, like, can you blame us? I feel like most... And I tweeted, like, it's good. People were like, are you serious? Like, I know, I get, I, I understand, but they somehow pulled it off, and I respect that immensely, because Jesus. Yeah, what I, what I said in my review was that it somehow honors the original games while crafting its own future. Like, yes! this honors the games in a way that none of the movies ever have. I enjoy those movies mm-hmm. very much. But in terms of like honoring that the fact that those games happened, this this somehow honors that while also telling its own own story and remixing yeah. the characters a bit. And it just oh, yeah. surprised me. Yeah, I love how they what they do with Albert Wesker. Mm-hmm. So people who have like questions about that, just buckle in. And they handle it really, really well. It's really cool. So um I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil because there's a lot of cool stuff that happens that it's like. It just, just came out the day before this yeah. episode drops. So. So um, yeah, get ready, y'all. It's 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 yeah. not, it's a good way to spend your weekend. Yeah, I I got them in two chunks, and I could have just as easily sat down and watched all eight episodes like yeah. one after the other. No, it just, I know. It has like it just grabbed me and immediately pulled me in. So I know. As a fan of the games, I played all of them except four. I could not finish six. Because I think six is 
abomination. Um, other than that, like I've played every single game, offshoot, yada yada yada. This this is good. Is six called Veronica? No. Okay. Th- that one was a three point five. Oh yeah. Okay. Six is is the one where like it's like all action, three different storylines. They just really leaned into excess. Can't get them all. <laughs> no. Plus, I don't think I don't think if that game was as disastrous, we would have gotten Resident Evil Seven, which I think is the finest entry in the series. It's my favorite. I know now that they now that they've updated it for PlayStation Five. I really want to replay it. What was our horror comedy for this week? <laughs> Heavy breathing the movie, what? aka Student Bodies from nineteen eighty one. What was this? <laughs> what? I have never seen a movie that is just purely <laughs> fucking gag, like just purely nonstop gags. It's just there's no break, which is a little overwhelming. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I can't catch up. Like, I cannot catch my breath here. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's definitely kitchen sink mentality where, like, they're just like, we're going to throw jokes, and if it doesn't make you laugh, there's going to be another one. If that doesn't make you laugh, there's going to be another one, and eventually something will make you go, what the fuck am I watching it? And you'll just start laughing. That's the mentality behind this movie, I think. Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense, especially the part where they go, the MBA, we would like to say the MBAA. Fuck you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and, yeah, because like there's the, the interrupt in the middle of the movie, they interrupt with this guy that's sitting behind a desk who is like basically the uh, what is it? Uh, the the guy. He reminds me a little bit of the the guy, the, narr- the narrator of uh, Rocky or Picture Show that sort of interjects. Oh. Mm-hmm. He just sort of like. You know, the, in order to get an R rating, you have to have this, 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 or this. And this movie does not have any of those. So the producers would like me to take a moment to say, fuck you. And then immediately cuts to the MPA giving him an R rating. And I'm just like, okay. That's good. I think the opening is really good. The cold, There's a cold open that is in the tradition of like, oh, in the tradition of like most sort of slashers where it's like it's definitely pulling from Halloween a little bit of Black Christmas and even when a stranger calls where you get the killer POV and he's just like and there's the woman inside watch it on who, video guys because you didn't miss the face if you're not watching the video you missed the faces we just made and you don't want to miss it Subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm filleting the, the microphone almost at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. But my favorite is that it cuts to the woman inside who's babysitting, of course. And she picks up the phone or she's talking to someone on the phone. And the girl's like, hey, I just want to make sure that you had the answers for the upcoming history test for the Civil War. The North won. Okay, and it's just like it's it's just like a random little factoid of like the North one, like okay, and then (laughs) she says I have a feeling it's the last time I babysit, and then there's like unlocked flashes on the screen as the arrows are pointing at the door that she left unlocked. (laughs) It is my the the graphics that flash up like the body count is the body count unlocked 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 clues. When she kills a fly and they put the six and a half for the kill count, yeah. when she kills the fly. 
There's some really good dialogue in this, though, too. My favorite part is um, so like the babysitter in this cold open, you know, goes upstairs with her boyfriend who shows up in a jump scare and he like has to take a shower because she says that, he, you know, he's he's dirty. And so it's the one time we get any sort of like nudity in the movie is the male nudity of taking a shower and playing into that kind of female trope. And it's really dark, but you can almost see the outline of like his his um, genitalia area. But he like she gets killed. <laughs> she gets killed and he doesn't realize it. He's going, he's like, Julie, why aren't you responding to my maleness? And I, I about oh, died. I died. I, and then when they're under the bleachers, or no, is it the funeral? And she's like, how could you think about sex at a time like this? Like, I'm always horny. I can't stop thinking about sex. <laughs> I'm always like, thinking about sex. It is very much like the, it's scream, clunky scream. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it's not trying to be scary. It's not trying to be a horror movie. It's just trying to parody. It's, I guess, maybe a better comparison is like a scary movie than a than a scream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is definitely in the spoof slash. Par- yeah, I, I, it's called a parody, but I honestly think this is more of a spoof than a parody. I mean, that might yeah. be a fine level of distinction, but like. But I agree because I don't think they're they're not really trying to say anything like Mm-mm. about it other than like look at the funny shit that we can do here, which is fine. Like I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. It just. It doesn't have a lot to say other no. than like, look at how easy it is to make fun of this. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's incredible. <laughs> One, what, like, what oh, amazes me. Great. Yeah. And what amazes me is that this was in 1981. So the, the yeah. amount of slashers that they had to work with was very small. Yeah. And yet they managed to nail a lot of the tropes that would continue on for decades. Oh, my God. The climbing. He's climbing up the stairs. And it won't, he won't, it's the cold open and he's climbing up the stairs and the breather who, the mm-hmm. breather, again, the breather. <sighs> <sighs> Why are there so many stairs? Steve's <sighs> probably like, the fuck is happening in there? Um, Scar for life after dark. <laughs> that's our sex podcast. Um, but then like his shoe gets stuck on gum. Mm-hmm. On the stair. It's just like, there's these moments that are like, like, you know, they're definitely kind of silly, but they're fun. They're just like fucking funny because you don't see it. You haven't seen it before. So this is so dumb, but like also incredible. And I love it. So that's this movie. It's just like a lot of absolute ridiculous, like. But also like, wow, fuck, that actually is really fucking funny. The fuck you thing. I had to pause the movie. <laughs> I, I was cackling. I was so surprised at this moment because it's there's a lot of smart moments in this movie but then there's a lot of really not so great moments the second act is is really terrible i think the first act is really good i think the cold open is just pitch perfect yeah and i think i think when it gets to like the reveals and then it's just sort of like twist upon twist upon twist fever dream and then she wakes up and it's almost like a wizard of oz moment where she's like you were there but you were all playing different people and then they decide that you know she, the, her problem is that she had sexual repression, which causes swine, swine flu. <laughs> it's like the doctors, like what they're saying happened Come on. to her. <laughs> Duh. Good pick. Good pick. Very Ridiculous dumb. pick. Very dumb. But I like it. I had a good time. When he said, I had he a good said time student too. bodies at one point, I was like, he said the title of the movie. Title of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It was a good pick. Wow, yeah. horror, horror comedy is fucking weird. 
I know. So I feel like weird. we've seen them all over the place. I know. Like just like the tone is so all over. Really smart ones, really stupid ones, ones that are like kind of sad. <laughs> Great. But um so next week for our horror comedy, we are actually taking a break because it is Fantasia and I will be in Montreal and Terry will be covering as well and so we don't have time to watch another movie or we don't really want to make time to watch another movie on top of all the other movies we'll be watching so we'll have a little cuts we just will not be talking about an extra movie on our plate because we already have a lot to watch we sure do Jesus Christ we sure do (sighs) many movies so many movies but we will have a full episode on Monday we will. And who are we talking to, Mary Beth? So, on Monday, we are talking to one of my new favorite people in the world. His <laughs> name is Thomas Burke, and he is a found footage encyclopedia, but he's also the director of the Barbados Project, which is a found footage movie out of Barbados. He co-directed it. Uh, he works with found footage critic. He edits every, like, all of the found footage movies under the sun, and... He's just a great guy, and he brought with him Edward Scissorhands. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. So get ready for that, because we just talk a lot about What a great footage. choice. And it was a great choice. It was great to finally talk, about, finally talk about that movie. That's another one I'm surprised we haven't talked about earlier. So. Yeah, there's a few that are on the list that I'm just like, I can't believe no one has come on to talk about it. So. I know. I'm glad to so. like check this mark off. I know. Check this mark off? Check it, yeah. I, I went with it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Fuck. Sometimes the things, like, as I go back and edit an episode, sometimes the I things know. that come out of my mouth, I'm like, what? I know. I mean, for me, I'm just like. Are you high, Terry? I, <laughs> like, what are you yelling about? Like, why? You just, and then we just, like, don't even correct each other because we're just like, yeah, no. okay, that makes sense. Roll with it. Roll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh. Well, listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. We do. How'd you like the Resident Evil show? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can. Did I say the name of our email wrong? I think you said it right. No, I. <laughs> I think you said it right. Doing this Roll show for almost three years, and I'm just like, what's our email address? Like, I don't know why. <laughs> Send us an email scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. I am at MV McAndrews. <laughs> and I'm at Dreadful. I got our email and our uh, podcast handle mixed up in my head. That's why I f- uh, fucking froze there. But uh, make sure to follow the podcast at Scarred Podcast. <laughs> and please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And make sure you're watching us on YouTube. Because it's Yay! cool. I'm editing videos for you guys. Watch them, please. Um, and let us know if you would uh, be interested in a Patreon. We're tossing it around a bunch. So uh, mm-hmm. let us know. Actually, for real, thinking about it. Yeah. So. For, finally. Uh, so mm-hmm. seriously, let us know what you guys think. If that's, if that's something you guys would be interested in. Because uh, we would love to do it if it's worth it. Worth our while. Mm-hmm. But um, So thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to... What in the fuck is happening to me today? Oh, my God. I 
I've gone through too much traumatic shit in the past two weeks. My brain is just like, uh, true. I don't know. Okay. Thank you to Harry Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. Most importantly, stay creepy. <laughs> Until next time. Nailed it. <laughs> powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>